Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of Judges, the Sefer Shoftim, and we are about to begin chapter 2. This chapter is interesting and unique in Tanakh because it is basically a kind of overview of the entire book of Shoftim. It kind of gives us perspective on how to read the rest of the book and how to understand the rest of the book of Shoftim. So it's kind of like a little summary and synopsis of the whole thing, and you'll understand what I mean as we read through it. And again, especially in the first few chapters of the book of Judges, you get the sense of um, it's kind of disjointed. It doesn't, the, how should I say, the timeline doesn't, it doesn't flow very well. You get the idea that it's trying to give you the general ideas, the things about this time period, but the entire time period was a time period where there was no clear structure. So we start with a prophecy that it seems like, based on the context, occurred still during the time of Yehoshua's life. Um, remember, this book begins after Yehoshua passed on, but after we mentioned Yehoshua's death, we then recounted, even in the first chapter, some events that had clearly occurred while Yeshua was alive. We're going to encounter similar things in this chapter. It begins with a prophecy given by a Vayal Malach Adonai, and an angel of God came up. Where did he come up from? Minha Gilgal, from the place of Gilgal. This, this would seem to hint that the encampment of the Jews was still at Gilgal, which is where the main encampment was when Joshua first came into the land with the people. So this is before they settled their places. So Joshua then is still alive, at least before they began to settle their, 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 their tribal lands, um, to a place called Bochim, which literally means the people that are crying, or Bochim. Now, why it's named Bochim, it's named after the story that we're about to read. So this angel of God came from Gilgal to Bochim. Now this angel, uh, according to rabbinic tradition, the, the commentaries mention is Pinchas, the son of Aaron, uh, the priest. However, um, this, this pasuk, the verse itself doesn't identify who this... Now remember, we translate Malach as angel, but what it really means is a messenger, a Malach. Um, uh, would mean a messenger of God, whether that's an angel, so how some would interpret it, or that's a person who is a messenger, like a prophet, is that's a different question. Uh, clearly, the sages um, uh, consider it a um, a um, uh, a person named Pinchas. Vayomer, and what did he say? He said as follows, and he spoke um, in the name of God. He's speaking as if as if he is uh, quoting God himself. Aale etchem and this, he's saying, I will bring you out of Egypt. This is speaking as if God is thinking through this, um, uh, his plan. I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, and I will bring you to the land that I have sworn to your forefathers. And I said, I will not ever break my covenant that I made with you forever. Now this word berit, this covenant, is very important. It comes up often throughout the Torah and, and the words of the prophets. And a berit is a covenant, an agreement between two people. But it's not just an agreement. Meaning, um, you know, I agree, say, uh, 
uh, to lend you $100 and you agree to pay me back uh, you know, $50 a month for the next two months. Uh, that's, a, that's an agreement, but that's not a brit, that's not a covenant. A covenant is an agreement over um, a principle and an idea. It's a agreement that you and I make together that solidifies uh, a, 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 um, that we're going to work together, that we're both in on this together, that, that you and I have, have a common goal, a common purpose, and the two of us are going to build through that common purpose something that we both believe in. I say this because if we look at the times in the Torah that a Brit or a covenant is mentioned, it's almost always, maybe even always, but I, have to, I would have to look at every time it uses the word Brit, um, it mentions a pact, and, and, and God's name is brought into that pact. In other words, we agree um, because of this basic principle. I, I just give some examples. Um, I think it would be the first mention of Brit in the Torah is the Brit that God himself made between the entire planet, the entire universe, when he said after the Mabel, God said in Genesis 9, uh, 12, after the flood, This is the sign of the covenant asher. Between I and you, and all uh, living creatures asher itchem l'dorot olam. Right? So, This is a, a covenant between God and, and, and mankind, or God and, and the entire creation. God said, briti." I will remember this covenant that I will never further destroy. And, and then it says in the last, uh, what, last verse is there in, in verse um, 16, uh, he said, God said, I will show you the keshet, the um, rainbow. Elohim between God The mention of the name God is very crucial here because a Brit, a covenant, is enforced because of the power of that common belief in God. If we look again at in Bereshit in Genesis 21, where Abraham, Avraham made a covenant with Avimelech, the head of the, of the Philistines. In that covenant, they said uh, they made a peace pact. So, birit, they made a birit be'ereshava and be'ereshava. This is verse 32. And then it completes there, Vayita Eshel, they planted a tree. And they called out there in the name of God, uh, the Lord of the universe. Now again, and we see this repeatedly, you can look at it yourself, but in virtually every single time there's a breath, including between Lavan and Yaakov, the name of God is always brought in. So a breath is, is something where we bring in a higher purpose, a higher power. I, I'm emphasizing this for good reason, and you'll understand why as we read through this chapter. So God says, again, I'm still in verse 1, I will not break my covenant with you forever. I do not want you to make a covenant with the people in this land. Now there are those that interpret this verse to mean that don't make peace with them, kill them all. And then they accuse uh, the Israelites of genocide and then... And in fact, the entire, what some people call the Old Testament, is trashed because of this accusation. But it is a complete and utter misinterpretation of what this verse means. As we see in the verse itself, as it continues, 
you should not make a covenant with the people in this land because I want you to destroy their altars. I want you to destroy their their gods. In other words, if you're going, you do not make a Brit, a covenant with them and bring their gods, their polytheistic, abominable and immoral practices is what I do not want you to make a Brit. That kind of covenant do not do. And again, like I've been emphasizing this whole time and we'll see again throughout this chapter, making peace with the people and allowing them to live is not the issue as so long as they give up their idols and agree to abide by um, the moral system, the, the ethical monotheism that the people of Israel are trying to establish, which is their task. However, the angel continues, or whoever's speaking this prophecy, but you did not listen to my voice. What is it that you have done? In other words, you have allowed them to live and you have not been you have not destroyed their idol worship. You have not done your job. You allowed them to live, but not just that. You allowed them to remain with their corrupt practices. And as we shall see, this is going to be a bad influence and eventually lead you astray. But Gamma Marti, and I also said, continues God in the name uh, being spoken now by this messenger of God, Lo If that's the case, I will not get rid of them for you. It is your job to establish this new nation and bring ethical monotheism into the world. It is your job to set up a society that believes in morality, um, <clears throat> that believes that what God wants from us is to be good and live good lives, and what God wants from us is not um, uh, magical um, and, and uh, superstitious uh, fetishes and immoral practices. So if you don't do it, God says, I will not do it for you. And what will they be? They will become like traps. And their gods, they will, become, they will eventually be... Um, uh, the, 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 the translation of tzidim is a little uh, tough. I, I mentioned it as traps, but it's, traps is probably not the best translation. It's more like um, those that... that uh, that capture you, or like from the language of Tzod, to capture. And so they will, they will, in, they will encircle you and trap you into this, this, this uh, evil and immoral ways. And you will trip over their gods, and you will stumble because of their gods. And it was, when the messenger of God spoke these words, to all of the people of Israel, and the people raised their voices and they cried. They recognized that they were making a big mistake. And that's why, that is why this place was called Bochim. And they brought sacrifices to God. So they went, they cried, they worshipped God. But it didn't last long, unfortunately. So remember, this occurred while Joshua was still alive, while the people were still encamped primarily in Gilgal. And Joshua, Yoshua, then sent the people away from this place. And each one went to their places to go and possess the earth. In other words, go and conquer the land. Listen to what this angel said. Do what you're supposed to do. Get rid of the idol worship. And the people did worship God, the Koyime Yoshua, all of the days that Joshua was alive, and the days of the elders, Asher Yoshua, those elders who were Yoshua's uh, students 
Yoshua's contemporaries and students that continued to lead the people after Yoshua died. Again, the leadership became decentralized, but they did manage to continue this good influence. Those Asherah who had seen Eit Komase Adonai Agadol, all of the great actions of God Asherah Soli Yisrael that he had done for Israel. This is referring to the great actions and the miracles that we read about in the book of Joshua while they conquered the land. Bayamos Yoshua Benun Eved Adonai and the servant of God, Joshua, the son of Nun, passed away at the age of 110 years old. And they buried him within the boundaries of his own uh, portion of land, in a place called Timnat Cheres, Bahar Ephraim, in the um, Ephraim portion, Mitzvon Har Gash, in a place that was north of Mount Gash. And also, this entire nation, this entire generation, eventually passed away and were gathered up to their fathers. This is the language that the, the Torah often uses, the, the, the prophets often use to describe the passing on of a generation. And another generation came up after them. That did not know God. This language is a, is a deliberate throwback to the language of Fayakom Melech Hadosh al Mitzrayim in Exodus when a new king of Egypt arose, Asher Loyadat Yosef, who did not know Joseph. In other words, the new generation comes, they don't have the same impressions, they don't have the same relationships, they don't have the same feelings for the things that the older generation has, so they go on their own way. They also did not know those things that God did for the people of Israel. Presumably, they knew, but they didn't really know. Similar to now when the generation, for example, after the Holocaust knew and felt the power and the awesome, awesome awfulness of, of something like an event like the Holocaust. But as the generations pass, unfortunately to our much to our chagrin, uh, things like Holocaust denial, people can make up stories, people can say it wasn't so bad, people, all kinds of things because, and then people start to act as if it didn't happen, leading to a rise in, in anti-Semitism, etc., etc. This here, in a similar manner, the people forget the things that God did, they forget the relationship, and eventually that leads to forgetting their special relationship with God. I'm going to end here, and we'll continue and complete the rest of chapter 2, which is most of the summary that I had mentioned before. Uh, we will do that in the next portion when we do Judges 2b. Thank you so much for studying together. Looking forward to finishing this chapter mm -hmm. together as well.